Welcome back to another edition of Billy West Live. Really pleased to welcome back Dr. Greg Granger. And uh, regular listeners to my podcast, I'm sure, could have anticipated that I would have called Greg to get his thoughts on the uh, escalating debacle in Afghanistan. Dr. Greg Granger, welcome to the show again. Thank you, Billy. It's good to be here. I really appreciate you giving me a call. And escalating debacle, I, I think I'm going to write that down and, and use that again. Uh, that, that's probably a pretty good description. Well, is there any way to describe what we're seeing on TV uh, today and really through the, week, the last weekend, other than this is a foreign policy nightmare and disaster for the United States of America? I think it's a short-term disaster, but it's a, it's a political disaster. It doesn't look very good at all. It's a humanitarian disaster for the people there, without question. Uh, but it's it's the end of a war, and that's that's messy. Uh, we haven't had well. There's no such thing as a clean end to a war. You know, people may want to think back to World War II or whatever, but let's keep in mind the hundreds of thousands of Japanese civilians who died with those nuclear blasts, and the thousands of American soldiers who died uh, fighting in Tokyo. And uh, there's just no such thing as a clean end to a war. It's going to be messy. Um, since World War II, about 80% of the casualties in war have been civilians, and that's what's going on here. It's uh, Afghanistan has never really been. Uh, a normal nation state. It's a tribal society. They, they were stable for a short time under a monarchy, but uh, interventions by the Soviet Union and uh, such as that in the 20th century, uh, you know, really started to mess that up. And really, since the 1980s, we have seen this ongoing civil war with outside interventionism and a very dysfunctional government there. And uh, that's kind of where I wanted to start, to be honest. Uh, obviously, I think the listeners are most interested in what this means for the United States. But if we're going to look at the conditions on the ground, I think we have to understand that the uh, we were fighting or we were contributing to an effort that I just don't see as ever succeeding. The, the government in Afghanistan was just corrupt, uh, ineffective, inept. I mean, the, the president's speech today was on target. He packed up and left. He had a, uh, a helicopter filled with cash, and he went to Tajikistan, uh, where the Russians will pay for him from now on. And uh, he made some changes. People may not be aware of this, but there were some changes to the Afghan cabinet over the last two weeks that the United States was not happy with, NATO was not happy with, even Pakistan was not happy with. Uh, he's putting people in place who were basically no better than mafia. He, uh, uh, you know, put in, he, he got rid of people who necess weren't necessarily better, but the people he put in, whether it's a, a Ministry of Defense, Army Chief of Staff, uh, we had an Afghan senator, who was a major militia leader, who was on the side of the government, he now uh, defected to the Taliban last week. And so that cost a northern province. Um, the National Security Advisor of the United States and NATO has been trying to get the Afghan President Ghani to get rid of him, and he never did. So there was deep dissatisfaction uh, on the part of the United States and the coalition partners on really anything to do with the Afghan government. Um, People know how much money we spent there and how much money was simply pilfered, stolen. Yeah. And um, we have two sides to that. I just want to cover this real quickly. On the one side, we have this system of contractors 
And many of them, I'm sure, are fine companies who did a fine job, but we know for a fact many of them took billions of dollars in payments and um, built very shoddy buildings and roads and uh, facilities and sometimes didn't build anything at all. Then on the other side, we have the Afghan government taking billions of dollars and doing what with it? Packing it into suitcases until the day it came to leave, essentially. So um, the Afghan people actually were more divided than many people may realize, not to say they're pro-Taliban, but they're not necessarily pro-American either. Right now, they're begging America to, to save them, but that's really the only leverage the United States had. This is another problem we had. The only leverage we had over their government and over their system was to say, we're going to leave. And right. for 20 years, they knew that was a bluff, and we weren't leaving. Well... The bluff has been called, or, or the other way around, I guess. We, we, uh, we're living up to the bluff, and uh, the desperation is showing. Now, uh, in terms of the decision makers, there really are no innocent parties here. The Taliban, the government, uh, the ineffective military that's giving up, and quite honestly, 20 years of American government and military essentially misleading the, the American people on, on the progress or lack of thereof going on. Um, the innocent parties are the people who will suffer, the people on the ground, the women, the children, the uh, anybody who helped the United States and the coalition partners uh, with translations, with sheltering, whatever, whatever it may be, they're certainly going to suffer. But at some point, uh, we have to look at the world and say, uh, and this, this sounds kind of cold-hearted, but we have to ask ourselves, what, what is the role of morality and humanitarianism in national security strategy? Very often it takes a back seat because it's just not worth the time and the money and the lives and the, and the effort. No. Our focus right now is on a return to what we call, we've talked about it, you and me before, a return to great power competition with China, with Russia, worries about Iran and North Korea. This idea of a tribal society falling apart uh, in, in South Asia it's just not high up on our priorities, however tragic we know that it's going to be. Well, and Greg, the, yeah. hi the history of Which, Afghanistan, if I could get you just to, you know, you made a really interesting comment about why is it important to Americans, and that's really why I wanted you to come on the show, is why is what we're seeing on TV important to the everyday American? There was a reason for us to go into Afghanistan after 9-11, and that was because they were providing safe harbor to bin Laden. So that was the reason we went in there. Yes, we gave them time. Yes, but once we killed him, we should have left, in my view. But I want your thoughts on that, just you know, for people who out there. Why is it important what we went into Afghanistan for? But why have we stayed so long? We stayed so long because it's very difficult to admit defeat. We stayed so long because, uh, well, there are major investments in place, and you, you don't want to cut and run. Um, military just kept saying, well, look, it's getting better, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. And then suddenly the military starts uh, classifying casualty numbers and classifying more and more information that used to be public. Because quite frankly, the data would show uh, it wasn't getting better. Um, there's some fantastic reporting in the Washington Post. There's a new book out on this situation about really the... the, the the real story. I mean, you know, we're going back 20 years now, so documents are, are, are starting to be accessible now. We can start to see what really was going on in the minds of our leaders. And uh, throughout this time, quite frankly, uh, we just didn't see the option to leave 
as uh, as tasteful, as viable, because we hate to admit defeat in something like this. We just kept feeling that we could turn it as an idealism here, that we could turn it into a working, functional society, and that's just not the case. Um, it, it, it just really isn't. And, you know, many people, you talk about history, uh, you go back to the 19th century, the British Empire got itself in a quagmire in Afghanistan, in the 20th century, the Soviet Empire got itself into a quagmire in Afghanistan. You don't see, put it this way, one thing we're not seeing today is a bunch of countries volunteering to take our place. Um, if 3,500 American troops made such a big difference, well, there are many countries on this earth with 3,500 troops uh, that they could send in and do what we were doing. Um, and that's not happening. Well, what did you so, think of President Biden's... Um, Press conference. It wasn't a press conference. It was a speech this okay. afternoon. Yeah. If, have you watched it? And if so, what are your comments about? I mean, he was pretty matter of fact. He, he, he said, "This is my decision. I'm sticking with it. You know, we'll live with the consequences." Basically, that's what I heard. Yes, he's taking. I guess what we would call a big political risk here, and uh, he's living up to it. He simply, uh, you know, there's a phrase that uh, people like Bibi Netanyahu of Israel used to say, and they, that was facts on the ground. It's like, no matter what we want it to be, this is the reality. And that is the reality that President Biden, now he saw this 15, 20 years ago. He always had great suspicions against this war. I guess we could say the same for Mr. Trump, the previous president. Always felt that it was going on too long, was costing too much, and was not getting anywhere. And so here we have somewhat of a bipartisan agreement uh, on the facts on the ground. And that's what he pronounced today was that uh, this is not what we want, you know, but it's kind of what we need. Um, because it, it, we can do it today, we can do it a year from now, we can do it five years from now, or another 20 years. The results would be the same. Well, and the ugliness uh, that's going to come in Afghanistan, Greg, it's not just going to be the next few days as we continue to extract our embassy people at the airport and those ugly images that are coming out of Kabul today. But as the women are executed, as the women are raped, as the Taliban takes back over over the next 60 or 90 days and the human rights atrocities begin again, are we going to have the stomach to sit on the sideline or not? It looks like Biden will have that stomach. Um, and I just don't know if the military itself would want to get that involved. I know many of them felt like we should stay, but to redeploy all of that, everything that it takes to go back in, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I, I think we're going to see uh, some real tragedies here, but we saw real tragedies in Rwanda and really didn't do anything about it. We say, and again, what do you do about it? Uh, if we would send troops in, what would they do exactly? Uh, go back into urban warfare, hand-to-hand -hand warfare, uh, a very, very difficult situation. So it's, it's, a, it's a tragic inevitability, I'm afraid. But like I said, you don't see other other countries raising their hands saying, well, we'll go in and take care of business. NATO's getting out. We're getting out. Um, and, and, yeah, I'm afraid this is and it's going to look bad. It's going to look bad for Mr. Biden politically. Uh, he has taken the decision to just suck it up and just to say, well, I'll, I'll live with the consequences. Um now, let's talk about today and, and these days that we're living through. Uh, you know, many people are saying, and there's certainly a point to be made, that this could have been handled better 
But it's a chaotic situation no matter what. I mean, it's like saying Dresden could have been handled better or, uh, you know, other uh, uh, other strategic retreats or other situations could be handled better. Uh, what exactly could have been done differently? Well, let me push back on you a little bit on that. If you don't mind, I know you like arguing with me, so let me push back on you. I mean, couldn't we have anticipated that the Afghan army would just lay their arms down and said, come on in, we're not going to fight you. I mean, come on, we had to ha- we've got to have better intelligence than that, and if we don't, we need a new CIA director. Yeah, that's very possible um, that our intel did, did fail. They're, they're pushing back hard on that. The community saying that they, they didn't fail us, but they will always push back on that. Um, no, you, you're right. Uh, it, it, uh, as of right now, I mean, there's, there's limited information here, but as of right now, what it seems like is what the president said is correct. We simply did not anticipate this to happen so fast, that the president would leave the country. You know, it seems to me it should not have been a surprise, but we're sitting sitting on our, our, our armchair generals here, and, and, uh, and, and it's easy for us to say that. But uh, better planning in terms of getting out our, our, our helpers, our allies, our assistants, Maybe putting this off a little bit longer, uh, and another month or two so that we can start evacuating people. That certainly could have helped, but we would have seen a rapidly deteriorating situation no matter what because the Afghan, uh, security forces were, were already surrendering. They were already giving up land piece by piece. And, um, again, it's difficult, but the president's correct. Why should we fight uh, if they're not going to fight? And no, agree. That, that's really tough. So I think some better planning, certainly, where it's always lessons to be learned, and we're going to learn about this as, as time goes by, the next months and years of exactly what happened and how. But um, this is the fact on the ground. This is the situation we're dealing with, is that if we're going to look at extreme chaos for the next few days, and we're going to look at a lot of... Um, a lot of devastated people, and that, that's going to be tough. But at the same time... Uh, we're looking at the rise of China, threatening Taiwan and the South China Sea. We're looking at, uh, you know, Russia up to its games as always. And we're trying to deal with our own domestic situation, of course, and, and a pandemic. Um, and at, at some point, the hard, cold interests will take precedence over the humanitarian impulses. And... As human beings, as Americans, as whatever, we, we don't like that. Um, but it's happened before, and it's going to happen again. Well, the cameras will finally be turned off, and the lights will go dim in Afghanistan in another month or two. And like you say, we have other fish to fry and bigger problems. But you know, this is Joe Biden's to, to own and and yes. uh, and to eat, and it's uh, there's no way around that. It, it's a difficult situation, uh, Greg. But uh, look, I always appreciate arguing with you and, and, and visiting with you and, and learning from you. And uh, I, I know our listeners really appreciate you taking the time to join us on Billy West Live. But, Greg, I'll give you the last word. Where do you think this goes over the next two weeks? Are we going to get our, the ambassador, the, our embassy ambassadors at the airport in Kabul as we speak? Where, where is that going to go over the next few days? Right. I think we have as many as 7,000 troops on the way there now. So I know that feels like another invasion, but it's not. It's a rescue operation, as far as I can tell. And I believe we will. It's going to be difficult, and there's going to be some 
maybe some innocent people hurt, uh, but we are going to secure the airport, maybe more than one airport, as a matter of fact, and um, spend a couple of weeks trying to get everybody out of there. And it's, it's going to be difficult, but I think we're going to succeed at it. We're looking at England doing the same thing. We're looking at several other countries doing the same thing. We are on a smaller scale, but it's... Um, it, it's it's necessary now. It's, the decision has been taken and the, it's been put in motion, and it, it's something we have to do. And I think we will do it. Well, if anybody can get the job done, it's the United States military, and I certainly expect them to do that. There'll be casualties, and it's going to be ugly, but I expect that to happen. Greg Granger, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on Billy West Live. It's so informative, and I just appreciate you taking the time to join us on Billy West Live. Thank you, Billy. Anytime.